This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Welcome back to Mercy Talk. This is Melanie Wise with my friends Rachel and Brooke. What's up? Hi. I never know. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Everyone. Hi. This is Melanie and Brooke. Yeah. And Rachel. <laughs> All right. Um, so, guys, we are continuing on with a series that we started a while back. Last month, we've been now, I think this is maybe week six or seven of our series on treatment or transformation. And literally, we have this week and next week in our series has come to completion. So this week, we're going to jump into a new story. And if you have not been with us in the last few weeks, basically what we're doing is we are going through a few of the stories from Nancy Alcorn's newest book, Treatment or Transformation. And we are just kind of recapping the story itself, but then um, really kind of unpacking. And when I say the story, her book is full of testimonies of young women who've gone through our residential program here at Mercy and have really just found healing and life transformation from some of the, just the most painful stories that you can imagine. And so we are talking a little bit about a certain young woman's story each week. But then what we're really doing on the back end is just unpacking some of those principles of healing that she um, walked through and she experienced in her time at Mercy, how the Lord used those things. But then really out of a hope that you as a listener will say, hey, I can put these things to work in my own life. Mm -hmm. Because are we not all (laughs) in the middle of our own journey to greater healing and greater freedom? It's not a one and done thing, guys. So no matter how healed and free you are today, you can be more tomorrow. And so how can you use any of these principles that we're going to talk about today um, to really find new levels of, of freedom in your own life? So Rachel, yeah, I think you're up today. You're going to share a Heather's story Let's with us. Let's do it, man. Yeah. So Heather um, is actually a, a Nashville native. She is yes, indeed. from this area and she grew up here um, with two other siblings and she was highly social. Her parents discovered that because of that, they needed to set curfews and just some boundaries around her that they hadn't set for other kids. And that kind of set up in, in Heather's mind, just this, okay, well, I'm not a fan of this. And so I'm going to, what I'm going to rules, boundaries, no thanks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Every teenager's Uh uh, dream. Uh So, uh, you know, her way of kind of silently objecting was restricting her own eating. But because her parents were very hands-on, they were very involved, it made it really hard Mm -hmm. to actually carry out. And so when she got to college, it brought this new level of freedom. And she joined the volleyball team and um, started drinking. She had been drinking in high school, but was able to kind of do it on a new level here. Um, but so much so that it caused her to be dismissed from the volleyball team. Mm-hmm. And the the funny thing is, or I guess it's not funny, but you'd think, okay, well, after all this, she got kicked off and now her grades are going to suffer and all this is going to go downhill. But actually, by the end of her freshman year, she had good grades. She was mm-hmm. popular, um, but she was still drinking several times a week. So she was just maintaining this behavior. Things in her mind were were carrying on. Mm -hmm. Um, but when she got back home that summer, that's when things really, um, took a turn and, and things that she had not anticipated 
pain that she had not seen coming. She was at a party one night and struck up just a conversation with a guy um, that she had known from high school. He made her a drink, and that's the, literally the last thing she remembers. The drink had been drugged, and Heather was led upstairs by um, another guy she didn't know. And thankfully, uh, a friend came looking for her and found her in the bedroom being assaulted um, by that guy. And he was able to get the guy off of her. He was able to take Heather home. But when she got home, she knew what had happened. She knew that she had been raped. And so she returned back to school just a couple weeks later. And that's really when things spiraled out of control for her. Just the pain and the um, just the the weight of what had happened and not knowing what to do started taking its toll. She began um, drinking even more, um, giving up food as a, as a way to try to gain control, and then also becoming promiscuous with guys, thinking, you know, that night, like, I was not in control, um, but now I am. Mm-hmm. And so never becoming emotionally involved, but um, on the physical side of things, kind of feeling like she could control things and, and making her feel like she, mm-hmm. um, you know, was in control of what had happened that night. Um, but on the inside, she was dying. She was, um, just so much pain, not dealing with what had happened. And both of her parents, I love this part of the story because through a lot of what we've read in these last couple of weeks, there has been a spectrum, I would say of a lot of reactions mm-hmm. and her parents labored and prayer over her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really were, were for her the whole time, but really began begging God to intervene. Um, but still she continued to hide and her parents really resolved to trust him with her life. Um, and so on Easter, Heather, um, this went on, I'm kind of fast forwarding this. This is not necessarily mm-hmm. one linear section. I mean, it is, but it's much more, it's more intricate than that. But eventually, um, the breaking point came on an Easter and Heather broke down, confessed to her mom that she needed help. Um, and her mother had heard about Mercy kind of in a random way at a, at a wedding from somebody and knew that that was what they needed to give as a try. And so the next afternoon, her family actually staged an intervention just begging her to get help. She, she listened and realized that um, this was what she needed to do. This was where she needed to go. Um, and so as she entered into Mercy, the thing that really began um, to to be a transformative process in her life was this whole idea. We've talked about this before about getting to the root of the issue. Um, even in one particular counseling, counseling session, and I love this part in the story as well. Um, her counselor is addressing different areas of, of grief and woundedness in her life. And so she's like, well, let's just start with something that seems safe. You know, let's like, let's talk about, um, this date that you went on, you know, you wrote that down as a, as an experience that was painful. And once they got to the root of this experience, it had come out that actually this guy she was on this date with made a comment about her purity ring, commenting that, you know, he was glad she was wearing it. And he thought more girls should save themselves from marriage and he deserved a virgin. And immediately that struck her as, well, that's not me. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not, you know, worthy. Like I just feel like this worthless piece of trash. And that had begun this actual like core belief that she was worthless, that she was dirty, that nobody wanted her. She was unloved. Mm -hmm. And that had grown to be something much larger. And, um, and that was the beginning of her looking at these deep roots. And we talk about that a lot here at mercy. And so a verse that really, um, she clung to had her time here was Ephesians two ten, And it says this for, we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us 
long ago. And I love that. I love it. She just clung to that verse that really became an anthem for her as she walked through her journey here. So after she graduated and was back home, um, she was confronted with a major test of her faith. And while seeing a movie with her family, they ran into some people that they knew at a movie theater and they actually ran into the guy that had raped her. And you think about that just coming from, you know, a lifetime of, of struggling and wrestling with this pain. And then she comes to mercy and she is addressing these things. And then she comes fresh back home. Like, Oh my gosh, what would her response be? Um, and it's just, I think a real Testament, is that the right way to say that testimony to, to, um, using things that are practical and applicable in our everyday life and how practical and applicable the word of God is. Mm -hmm. And while she was at mercy, those things, um, were ingrained in her. And so coming back to truth statements, coming back to, okay, what's the lie? Write it out. Okay. What does God have to say about that? And then writing those on actual cards and keeping them with you. And so she, um, in that moment, actually literally, and very practically ran back, ran home. Well, she didn't run home. She drove home, (laughs) but, but when she got back home, um, her mom said, okay, where are those truth statements? Pull them out of your purse. And they literally did in her bedroom Mm -hmm. right then. And she, slowly one by one went through those cards and was able to speak to the lie, um, the truth of what God had said about her and about her situation. Mm -hmm. And so I I love anyways, just that part of her story. That's real, like everyday example of how God was working and healing her, her heart. And so now Heather is married. She's married to a wonderful man named Daniel. Um, she actually works for, um, another Nashville native here, the great Dave Ramsey at Ramsey Solutions, which is really cool. She's actually assistant to the senior the director. Great, Dave. Ramsey. Don't the great. Get Brooke started on Sorry. Dave Ramsey. The <laughs> you want to give Dave a shout out? I just one day, Do one it. day he's going to be listening to the podcast yes. and he's going to be like, "That's who I need to be my I, friend." I need exactly. Brooke to be <laughs> What have I been missing, guys? Happen. I'm holding out. Brooke Keels. Yes. Oh, Let yeah. it be solo. That's right. <laughs> Amen. So just start mentioning that. It's that's a really cool thing here. Um and. We're a fan of him anyways. So anyways, but she's the assistant to the senior director of sales, if you didn't catch that, which is super cool. She actually does a lot of um, running events with with Ramsey. Um, I mean, I don't know with him personally, but with the company. (laughs) And um, her relationship, this is what's been really cool, um, with food and exercise has been restored. I didn't get into a lot of those details here, but that has been something that has been really cool to read about so much so that she's actually run five K's with her dad. That's been something that they've been able to do. And that's been a beautiful redemptive process in her relationship with her dad. Um, and so just what a cool story of God's grace and that he really can make all things new. I was 25 when I was applying for mercy. And I remember my mom saying, Heather, you've done six months, 50 times already. What's another six months? And I went, huh? You're right. (laughs) Like, I've already done six months 50 times. I can do another six months or eight months, whatever that looks like. And I will never, I will never have that dedicated time again. And so taking as much time as I needed and having, I think, giving myself the permission to take time for myself, to get it all out on the table, to get through everything I needed to get through, knowing that this is my, this is my opportunity to do that. Please visit mercymultiplied.com today for more information. And remember, there is no problem too big or too small for God. And another thing that I pulled from this was the fact that 
you know, and this is from a parenting standpoint as well, but the fact that, you know, she had these great supportive parents and then really awful things happen. And, um, you know, that's something we kind of, I know people can be like, well, it's just a broken world, you know, but it is, I mean, but there's also the aspect of what's so cool is the way that they supported her mm-hmm. through that. And I was actually talking with someone the other day and we were talking about basically the, the, and we may have talked about this on the podcast. So if I'm repeating myself, I'm sorry. It's a thing I do. Um, but (laughs) basically the response to the trauma is, can be more traumatic than the trauma itself. Um, and it's, it's just really important to know, like even, you know, as parents or if your kid comes home and these things happen, one, you know, warring for them, Mm. obviously with the Lord is so important, but two, you know, they're not going to not hurt mm-hmm. in some ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully these things don't happen, but they happen a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's not a way to just keep all the pain mm-hmm. away. But when we are praying for them and when we respond in ways that are, hey, okay, you're ready for help. I've, yep. Let's go. You know, and because yeah. her mom was, I feel like, listening to the Lord, that's how she randomly heard about it at a wedding and then knew, like, oh, no, this is where you need to go. Yeah. And they were prepared, if that makes sense, for, for when she was able to submit to yeah. needing help. And um, I just think that's really great. And then now how their relationship, mm-hmm. you know, it sounds like with her dad and that sort of thing um, has also been restored. I'm sure it wasn't perfect, but I, I just... Applying that to other things in life. Brooke, just you saying that is literally like, you know, it's funny whenever we're talking on podcasts and I'm like, yeah, the Lord's been dealing with me on that (laughs) just this morning. Yeah. (laughs) But but Mm -hmm. I don't know, like just hearing you say that, um, I mean, some of you guys maybe who've been following and listening know that I'm all of like three weeks away from bringing a child into the world. And um, I literally was just praying this morning and it's funny too, because I don't know how many Enneagram followers are out there, but I'm a, I'm an Enneagram one in every sense of the word, mm-hmm. which is a perfectionist. And so I have found myself increasing in anxiety and fear as we get closer and closer to this child coming into mm-hmm. the world, because I'm realizing like, I'm not bringing them into perfection. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's been more like, uh, within our home, within our marriage, within, even financially this weekend, it was all about finances for me. I was like, Oh my word, how are we going to do this? And, and this, this realization that what I'm not bringing them into is perfect bliss. Like, right. Yeah. Just even in the walls of our own home, which we will do everything we can to just love and be healthy and do all the things right. And we aren't going to do it. We're going to mess up. Yeah. Much less just the fact that we're bringing them into the world. And like, I've just been having to come face to face with that and realizing and what the Lord was telling me as a, just as a, as a soon to be mother, like, yeah, the goal is not to bring them into perfection because first of all, it's just not going to happen. So you need to surrender <laughs> right. that right now. Yeah. So what the goal is, is actually to teach them how to walk through all of what they're going to walk through. Like, how do yeah. I navigate pain? How do I navigate what I'm like? Like, that's the best thing you're going to equip your kid with. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying anything about Heather's. I mean, from all that I know about Heather's parents, they're just fabulous, wonderful. It's not yeah. like I'm saying they did not do that. Yeah. But but I think what you see in this story is like, I mean, she had a like, yeah. from what we know, it's a pretty good life. Parents yeah. who loved her, yeah. parents who were like, oh, this is a little bit of a wild child. We're going to put some boundaries yeah. around her. She didn't like it. Yeah. yeah. And then she started, you know, and then, yeah, then as she got older, she walked through some really painful things. And it's just reminding me of that as I'm listening to her story today. Like, man, as a mom and dad, 
trying to protect your kids from all this stuff is just such a losing yeah. battle. It's just yeah. not going to happen. So how do you teach them how to navigate life and how do you help them to respond to the things that they do walk through? Whether it's just like someone hurt my feelings at school today, or it's an actual very traumatic, awful thing. Like how am I best equipping my kids to navigate life yeah. that's broken and messed up? Like that's the best gift you give your kids. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the fact that in her brokenness, she went to her family. Yeah. That's the mm-hmm. thing, creating a space yes. that when they are hurt, they yes. will come to you. And, you know, so y'all good. don't know this, but I'm looking at Melanie because last week I was in her office, you know, <laughs> upset about my kids and stuff with his his things at mm-hmm. school and realizing that it, this is bothering me because it is bringing up my own oh. junk. And apparently, yes. <laughs> you know, beating up eight year olds is not an option. Uh, I know. I know. And, um, you know, and so. But, you know, there is that place of of just being self-aware, like if things are bothering you with your kids mm-hmm. or if, you know, whatever it is, like yeah. this is about, like you said, your work. I mean, this doesn't have anything to do with your kid right now. It's just the context of this is not a perfect world. And yeah. I have to have a resolution with that with the Lord. Yeah. And then what is that bringing up in me? And that was, I mean, I spent more time dealing with my own stuff from when I was a kid mm-hmm. with Jesus. And then it, once that happened, it just clarified so many things that were going on, you know, and so I know we're taking a step and I don't, I don't, you know, want to shift from her story, but I do think that there's that place where at the end of the day, they were where she turned to mm-hmm. in her pain. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and that's, that's pretty great. And yep. then their response to that was, Hey, yeah. let's do this. We, we know how to, to help and we know what we can do. Cause they could have, I mean, they could have drug her off. I mean, we have, you know, we deal with that all the time. Parents mm-hmm. who are trying to, to force things and do things. And at the end of the day, they ward for her, for her soul. They ward yeah. for her with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then when she was, when she was ready, they yeah. were like, okay, great. We got to, <laughs> we, yeah. we know what to do. Yeah. And that's, I mean, at the end of the day, extremely hard, but really mm-hmm. amazing. And probably part of why she is, has what she has today. Yeah. You know, it's not just mercy, but the people that came around her in that. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's so true. That's so I good. mean, in Jesus and, uh, and you know, and that Jesus. Guy. yes. So. Yeah. No, that's so good. On the heels of that, I hope that that gives parents, um, I don't know if permission is the right word or grace, um, to have grace for themselves and in, in those moments. Cause I think there can be this expectation too, and I don't have a teenager yet, so I don't know, but I think when you have a child, that appears to have all the right things, like Mel mm-hmm. said, and and then it doesn't work out in the sense that like they're rebelling or they're experiencing a lot of pain or they're walking this really hard road. And you think, what did I do wrong? What mm-hmm. can I do to fix it? Um, that ability to to like Brooke was saying, to work for your child, but then also to know that you can't want it more for them than they want it, mm-hmm. and then also to trust the Lord with them. And I think we can and. It, but even beyond parenting, we can get to this place where we think, well, all I can do is pray. Like all I can do is just give it to the Lord. And I know in my own life, I have really belittled that the idea of praying or warring or going to the Lord with whoever it is in my life because I'm having to surrender. And I feel like that act of surrender is weakness. Mm-hmm. Really that act, that act of surrender is the strongest thing I could do because I'm I'm acknowledging that I'm not in control at the end of the day. Only he is mm-hmm. and only he can do what needs to be done. And so falling into him on the, in that, in that way, I think it was a beautiful, um, her parents painted a beautiful picture of that, of again, 
Brooke said, giving them, you know, the resources. And when she was ready, they were able to walk her through that. But then also knowing in those moments when she wasn't, um, warring for her in prayer and knowing that that was the most effective thing that they could do. Yeah. It, it does always just feel like it's like the last resort like well Mm -hmm. i guess i can't fix it so now i'll go pray (laughs) i mean we do we we talk about this at empower at our workshops all the time um that you've got to trust god Mm -hmm. with his kids and i mean just it's just comical to me thinking back through what the lord spoke to me this morning that i wrote (laughs) down but like just that he was like hey did you remember that your son is my kid first Mm -hmm. and like and and yeah. that I have the ability to care and love for him that is beyond your capacity as a human yeah. and and just having to and I think this story is a perfect example of that where I don't know I mean we don't have all the details of everything that they tried to do or tried to help or how they tried to intervene in her youth but they did get to a point where they were like we have nothing left but to complete surrender yeah. I don't even I know how hard that is for me to do with just People I know, people I love, your own flesh and blood child. I don't even know yet. So for all of you parents out there who are like, oh, Melanie, you just want to pat me on the head. Like, you don't even know. I don't. Yeah, it makes you a crazy person. I can't (laughs) wrap my mind around what it looks like to surrender your own flesh and blood child to the Lord in this kind of way. When they are self-destructing. I don't know. Yeah. Well, (laughs) and even when they're not. I mean, look, I literally, I said to somebody the other day, I was like, I'm literally a parenting expert and I have no idea what to do because Mm -hmm. I'm trying to control this, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think I even shared this with you, you know, Liam's going through this situation and I, I, like, I was like, no, we're going to talk this through because see, we get so distracted by the behaviors, like Mm -hmm. the branches that we talk about because they seem practical they seem like i'll just fix this i'll just Mm -hmm. talk this through we'll just you know and my eight-year-old's like for the love woman can we not do this and i'm telling you jesus was like you need to stop talking to him about this and i was like cool 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 i'm gonna keep going and it (laughs) it didn't work out well you know but i think that that's it's just that place of like you said mel this morning you're just talking to him about it and he's reminding you and that's really where it goes Mm -hmm. back to we're not going to handle everything perfectly we're not going to be but if we are abiding in him if we are allowing him to speak into situations he's going to shed light on things he's going to point to hey that's probably about you Mm -hmm. or if it is about the kid how do how do we need to speak into him in ways that he can receive you know because he's eight and not 25 and you know those those sorts of a lot of this is about me i don't know if anyone's picked up on that um so no but it's funny brooke when i think back to just what you know you were processing last week you know it was very easy and I think I mean honestly the Lord showed me like hey guess what you're going to struggle with this a lot (laughs) and it was that whole like oh x y and z happened to you today well I'm going to tell you what to do Uh so the x y and z never has to happen again yeah that's good I mean I'm not saying that was exactly how it played out for you but the Lord was like oh you're going to do that all the time Melanie because that's what I do I do that with my friends I do that with my husband yeah like oh Okay, let me just tell you how to do life. Yeah, we'll just so fix that it you all. Never have to deal with that again. Yeah. Instead of what maybe is the most helpful thing for your kid of saying, "Man, that's hard. That probably hurt." Like, how do we process that in a way? Because guess what? You're gonna get hurt. Yeah. Like our kids Ooh. are gonna get hurt. Yeah. They're gonna get wounded. They're gonna yeah. walk through the years that all of us are so happy we're past now oh, <laughs> in gosh. adulthood. Yeah, and it's gonna be painful, and you can't tell them all the things to do to protect them from all the pain. And so 
teaching them how to forgive, teaching them how to process hurts with the Lord, teaching them how to renew their mind. I love that that was such a big thing for Mm -hmm. Heather's story was just such a practical way teaching our kids how to hear from the Lord. Oh my word. Like I get so excited about that process. I don't know what it exactly looks like, but just teaching my kid how to hear and receive from the Lord so that when they are wounded at school, Mm -hmm. they know how I can go talk to Jesus and he can tell me what's true about me or he can help me process this hurt or he can help me forgive this kid. Um, that is the greatest gift that we can give our children um, because we just can't protect them. Yeah. We just can't protect them from yeah. all the things. I can give you lots of strategies on how to never have to hurt, which, you know, ask me how that's worked out in my life. But, yeah, you know, that's great. Nothing bad's ever yeah, nothing happened. Ever, mm, never been hurt or wounded, yeah. ever struggled. Yeah. So anyway, I just, I don't know, this, this kind of ended up being like a whole uh, show on parenting. <laughs> yes. <That's laughs> but okay. I do, I think there's so much, and I think... You know, because Heather is local, like we've had the opportunity to meet her, meet her parents. And I'm just like, man, y'all are just fabulous people. Like, and um, so this one, I think, can be a little more personal for some of us Mm. that are here and around and have have actually interacted with them before. But um, yeah. Is there anything else that you guys have related to this? No, I just love me. And obviously, I mean, you know, we did go that direction, but I think it's important kind of the story within or behind the story and in that way. And, you know, definitely read the book because I mean, Heather's just awesome and, and what she surrendered and what she did. But Mm I also, you know, and maybe this is just me, but I love when we can pull out different things and it's always on brand for us or on, or on theme, I guess I should say with whatever we're dealing. That's one thing about being at mercy guys. Mm, You're just like, man, I'm really struggling with that. And then we'll have a guest speaker (laughs) and you're, you know, just lines it out or Or you have to actually go teach on the very thing that you're like, Oh Oh, yeah. And every empower I come Scott's (laughs) like, what do you have for us this time? Because every empower I come away with, let me tell you what the Lord told me about, Uh you know? And so it's funny though, when people are like, well, I went to, you know, a conference two years ago and I'm like two years years ago I've got to do this Uh you know I get something out of it every time and so you know don't don't be discouraged if you consistently have to to (laughs) To seek those things out yeah Mm -hmm. to be reminded and to be a support for other people and um or your own kids or you know nephews nieces all of those things when you're the Mm -hmm. safe place for them to go to Mm -hmm. um you know that's pretty great so yeah absolutely cool awesome well, I think on that note, we're closing the book today on Heather's story. Not that her story is closed because it's not. She's still anyway, alive and well. she's still alive and very well. <laughs> but, uh, but we hope you will join us uh, next time here at Mercy Talk. And next episode is actually our very last story. Mm. So, so join the last us story in the book. In the book, right. We only hit a few. Oh my gosh. 13 stories, guys. I think we only hit seven. Yes. So, yes. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So we would love for you. That's right. We'd love for you to join us as we just continue to celebrate what God does and making all things new. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.